Welcome to another episode of the MedTech Matters Podcast, where we learn about someone impacting the medical device industry. I'm Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO and host of the podcast. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Deepak Kuntia, Chief Medical Officer and Senior VP of Medical Affairs at Varian. Dr. Kuntia, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Fantastic, Sean. Thanks so much for the invitation. Great. Well, glad to have you. Um, so I understand that you and you, by you, I mean Varian and, and yourself, you're con- conducting a uh, clinical trial on your flash therapy. Um, can you explain what that technology is and what it's used for? Sure, Sean. Um, yeah, so first of all, just a little bit of background on, on radiation. I think this will help uh, put a little context uh, behind what flash is, but If we look at the United States, about 60% of of cancer patients get radiation therapy, which is basically high-energy x-rays to treat their cancer. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, typically the radiation is given every day, Monday through Friday, uh, for as many as 40 treatments. Uh, um, You know, sometimes a few more, oftentimes a few less, uh, but it is a generally speaking, typical radiation or standard radiation is a several-week process. At each treatment, the radiation beam is on for several minutes, uh, you know, anywhere from two to three minutes to seven to eight minutes uh, where the the x-rays are being delivered. With flash, we're giving, it's an experimental treatment, um, but it is giving a very high dose of radiation very quickly. So instead mm-hmm. of giving, say, 40 treatments over several weeks, you're giving maybe one to three treatments, but each treatment is being delivered in under one second. So it's, wow. it's a very high dose rate delivery to a very high dose. And how, how you know, I, I would think one of the problems uh, with radiation could be surrounding tissue. Um, you know, first, correct me if I'm wrong about that, but then second, how does, uh, how is flash treated in terms of, you know, the amount, how, how targeted can it get? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. And so uh, to answer the first part, uh, Sean, you know, how, um, you know, does it damage the tissue surrounding the tumor? And, and that is, that is uh, you know, one of the major limitations of how we actually deliver radiation. You know, if we give enough dose, we will get rid of tumors. The problem is uh, the laws of physics often will not allow us to uh, treat the tumor to full dose and all the surrounding tissue to zero dose. That would be the ideal mm-hmm. world. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, we, we can't just do that. And so uh, we have made major advances over the last 20 years with, with treatment planning techniques to limit the amount of normal tissue that is exposed by radiation and really get the maximal dose in the tumor. But it's, it's still, there's still dose going into the normal tissues. What's unique about FLASH and our labs here in, you know, Palo Alto, California, along with 
some of the partner institutions across the globe are working on trying to understand why flash is actually causing something very different to happen in tissues. Our animal experiments, for example, are showing that we're getting quite a bit of a uh, quite a, quite a bit more normal tissue sparing when we give flash dose rates. So when we're treating very, it could be the same amount of radiation, but when you give mm -hmm. it all under one second instead of over several minutes, the normal tissues aren't aren't seeing the side effects, um, and so that to us is incredibly exciting. And that is why we're putting all of our efforts into uh, developing these, um, you know, these these clinical clinical trials. So, so that was the, um, you know, sort of the first part about the the normal tissue. And can you remind me the second part again? Uh, honestly, I was I was intrigued by by the response of that that I I think I lost track of the second part. Um, but maybe I'll get back <laughs> to it. Um, I have I have other questions for for to go forward anyway. So, um, so is that, is that the focus of this, of the clinical trials that you're doing, are they to test the efficacy of the flash therapy in treating a tumor or uh, are they to determine why you're getting a different tissue reaction uh, from, you know, from the, in the surrounding tissue or is it a little bit of both? Yeah, I would, I would say it's the it's the latter, and the the you know many of the studies that we already have done that were done in sort of the preclinical setting, uh, where we were testing you know the side effect profile of flash versus standard radiation, where we were testing the efficacy uh, because you know it, it 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 can be fantastic news if we're sparing normal tissues. But if we're all right. also sparing tumor cells, we haven't done our patients any favors yet, right? So mm -hmm. we don't want to do that. And, and the good news is, at least on the preclinical side, we are not seeing sparing of tumor cells. We are seeing at least equivalent tumor kill, and in some cases even slightly better. Uh, that still needs to get validated in human trials. And so getting to your question, you know, what are we, um, you know, what are the clinical trials, uh, you know, testing? So the first, the first study that we did, which is called the, uh, the FLASH, uh, um, you know, FLASH-01 or FASTA-01, excuse me, um, clinical trial, that was looking at more of a feasibility, making sure that we could actually deliver this treatment safely. Um, and uh, fortunately, we were able to uh, complete that trial at the end of uh, last year, and uh, we're currently analyzing the results, but so far everything looks like we expected, you know, great tolerance of the, of the treatment um, and great efficacy for the treatment. The next studies that we'll be launching hopefully later this year, they are going to be um, more uh, focused on um, a broader range of, of tumors and looking more at the effectiveness of controlling the cancers as well as looking more critically at, at the side effect profile. So there's, there's more, more to come. We have uh, essentially uh, are starting a, a, a new generation of radiation treatments, and uh, there's still a lot, lot to learn about this. 
Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm, I know we'll be looking forward to getting additional news about this. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, so it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it sounds like when compared to more traditional treatments, flash, you know, initially the gain or the the real takeaway was the the speed and the and the time savings and the 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 rapid delivery of the treatment. But it sounds like in addition to that, when compared to you know more traditional methods, it sounds like the the preserving surrounding tissue, the increases seen there. That, I mean, that that's almost, I, I don't know which is better. I don't know, you know, uh, <laughs> cutting it from, you know, from a week's long treatment, or, you know, down to maybe three, one to three treatments, or or preserving the, the surrounding tissue. Uh, I mean, I almost lean towards saying the preserving of the tissue is, is even better yeah. than the initial, you know, win with this technology. Yeah, you know, Sean, you, you, you know, you, you, you could certainly be a radiation oncologist, uh, with some of your insights here, um, you know, you're, 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 you're spot on. It, this is uh, one of these things where from, um, you know, from a physician perspective, the ability for us to deliver a treatment and to not cause long-term side, side effects for our patients, that is fantastic. Uh, we are now getting into an era in cancer where we are curing more patients than we are not. Um, and, mm-hmm. um, as a result of that, patients are living a very long time. And some of the treatments that we do, like in head and neck cancer, they can cause some lifelong disabilities from, you know, hoarseness to difficulty moving your neck, swallowing, choking on food. And, yes, the cancer is controlled, but if your quality of life is terrible because of your side effects, uh, did we do that patient any favors? And so that right. this idea of, uh, of really, you know, allowing them to return to their normal life and, and uh, you know, mitigating some of these toxicities is incredibly valuable. From a, from a day-to-day perspective, though, you can imagine, um, especially for a, a really busy parent, for example, having to come into the cancer center every day, Monday through Friday, for six or seven weeks uh, versus doing it three times, for example, you know, that's a tremendous short-term gain for the patient and their immediate quality of life. But as mm-hmm. we look at an entire lifespan, uh, yeah, the, you know, the, the reducing the damage to healthy tissues is certainly outweighing the convenience factor. That's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get away. Obviously, the pursuit and the fight against uh, cancer is certainly paramount, uh, terrible disease, terrible, uh, you know, situation. So it's fantastic that you're, you're, uh, you know, able to, to leverage this technology for that. Uh, I'm just wondering, though, out of, you know, selfish curiosity, uh, if there are additional applications in which this type of technology could be used. Yeah, there's there's uh, a few things uh, in this question, uh, Sean. I, I would say the the, the first is that uh, you know there we are seeing different behaviors in the immune system, um, and you know there's still more being learned here, and and our lab is investing quite a bit in trying to understand this. But something different is happening to the body when we deliver radiation very quickly 
as opposed to delivering it over several minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. There may be opportunities for us to basically strengthen the immune system, whether that's uh -huh. happening because we're causing less damage to the circulating cells that are going through through the body because, you know, these blood cells are very sensitive to radiation. And if we have, for example, if we're treating a, a six centimeter volume and, and normal immune cells are flowing through there, they could be damaged because more and more cells are passing through that, you know, that beam over, over several minutes versus when you deliver all of that in one second, very few cells are passing through the, through the beam. And so, so you're, you may be sparing more immune cells, which are then available to help fight off the cancer and, and decrease some of the side effects. Or maybe we are doing some kind of immune modulation where we are, you know, able to train the cells on how to actually fight the cancer themselves more. Uh, this is an area where we are seeing some aspect of, of more T cells being able to fight the cancer using flash versus conventional radiation. But this, again, is still research and, and promising research, but more work to be done uh, there. So I would say that's one area that's ex exciting. The other area that's exciting to us, too, is that right now, the way that we deliver flash, if we want to use it for diseases that are, are traditionally um, treated with uh, radiation therapy, it really requires us to use a large system called a, a, a proton system. And uh, mm -hmm. that has the, enough energy where you can deliver you know, flash dose rates at deep-seated tumors. The problem is that these are, are very expensive systems. Um, they're not readily available, um, you know, and uh, not every state even has, has, uh, has one of these systems, whereas standard linear accelerators are pretty much uh, readily available throughout the U.S. Uh, now, we are working on some technologies where we can enable um, these more standard linear accelerators to deliver these flash dose rates. They won't be able to deliver it to all tumors, but certain superficial tumors we may be able to use. Uh, well, we call this electron flash. And so, um, so that's a pretty exciting uh, development, and we'll be uh, you know, starting to do more of this this year in sort of a research setting. Wow, fantastic. Um, so... I don't know if this is the you know what the clinical trials that you're you're you know going through now or you know uh, in the process of, of performing um, or conducting uh, are the first, but I'm I'm curious as to what sort of uh, response or feedback you're getting from you know both both the physician side and and the patients who are, are involved in the clinical trial. I don't know exactly what stage you're at, but are you able to get feedback yet? Have you gotten feedback? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, there was a um, – um, uh, we are getting quite a bit of, of feedback from the uh, professional medical community, so uh, radiation oncology professionals like uh, oncologists and physicists uh, have been um, – incredibly excited about this technology. In fact, 
there have been uh, a couple of articles that have come out in the last two years highlighting how Flash has been, uh, is, is going to be, and is the most important uh, scientific discovery to hit radiation oncology. So there is certainly a lot of excitement behind it. Uh, you know, we're not ready for prime time uh, yet in terms of being able to offer this routinely as we still have uh, more work to be done on the clinical trial side. But mm -hmm. there has been great enthusiasm from our, our patients, uh, you know, and uh, we were, you know, we're working very closely with regulators to ensure that the right trials are being done, and, you know, and we're doing it, uh, you know, uh, in a very uh, uh, safe, safe manner. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting us to... Uh, continue to do really well with clinical trial accrual, and we have not run into uh, delays in, in patient uh, uh, recruitment. There's been there's been plenty of excitement for these studies. Fantastic. Well, unfortunately, patient recruitment is, is when it comes to cancer and um, is unfortunately not a, in a shortage, which you know, of course, is a is a double-edged sword you know you'd you'd love to have it be difficult because of the number but at the same time it does make for uh for you to be able to probably get ideal candidates to to test um and and quite honestly when it comes to patient feedback it would not surprise me if your patients are actually end up being uh, uh leery of the technology just because of the speed you know when you when you think of you know, a cancer, somebody's getting a cancer diagnosis, you hear, oh, they're going for chemo, they're going to be going for weeks, or, you know, they're, oh, they're getting radiation therapy, it's going to be weeks. And, you know, you tell somebody, hey, two appointments for a one-second blast, yeah, people are going to think, well, what are you, you're shortchanging me. I'm not even getting treated. Um, you know, so it, it would be interesting to hear the patient feedback as it, as it does come in. Um, but in terms of... Uh, in terms of the, you know, you you, uh, you shared with us, you know, a, a lot about the flash technology uh, and and the steps that you're you're taking, you know, what what do you foresee, you know, maybe a little further down the road uh, for the flash technology, or maybe just varying on the whole, since uh, cancer treatment is such a, you know, uh, uh, a major uh, focus for Varian. Uh, cancer is is you know one of the the major focus for the company. So what do you, what do you see coming? What's what's down the road? Yeah, well, uh, you know, fantastic question here. Um, yeah, certainly we're excited about uh, about the flash program and the flash probeam centers, which are proton centers. We've got nine of them that have been outfitted or enabled to conduct flash research, which is which is great. Uh, which is eight more than we had last year, so that's that's exciting, wow. and that number is going to continue. We have many more proton systems globally, but not all of them have been uh, enabled to do flash. But we will be mm -hmm. enabling more and more of them throughout the year. Um, so that that certainly is exciting, and the trajectory on the electron flash is is also exciting. But this year we went. Um, through an acquisition. So Varian was acquired by a company called Siemens Healthineers, which is a large, uh, you know, a large healthcare company. And it has been a, a fantastic journey over this, uh, mm -hmm. you know, past, past year where now we are uniquely positioned to 
really bring broader end-to-end solutions for, for cancer patients everywhere, not just on the, you know, the variant side of the house was, you know, focused predominantly on radiation oncology as well as some uh, interventional, um, you know, interventional uh, uh, radiology procedures like cryotherapy, microwave uh, therapy, for example. But now we are involved on the, uh, the imaging side with MR, PET, CT, uh, the laboratory side where we have, you know, point-of-care diagnostics and some exciting work uh, happening on, on, uh, uh, on projects involving uh, screening cancers with blood tests, uh, a more robust uh, way of handling um, survivorship. So, you know, how do we automate uh, analyzing response to treatments using imaging, for example, or laboratory biomarkers? How do we take the patient-reported outcomes that, you know, we were talking a little bit about that in terms of, you know, how patients do with side effects over therapy, but how do we more critically analyze that and really put this together in a, in a, in a system, an operating system where we can learn from the patient through each step of this journey so we can continue to modify, um, you know, continue to modify our treatment algorithms to bring the best, the best outcome for our patients. To me, that is the most exciting part about being part of, you know, Varian and, and the broader Siemens Health and Ears family is that we are now able to, um, uh, you know, make bigger strides in, in managing cancer throughout the globe. Yeah, and actually when you, when you really kind of spell that out, uh, it, it really is, it becomes crystal clear why Varian would have been a, a, a such an attractive uh, acquisition target for Siemens um, because the way you you know you you uh, integrate the Varian capabilities with uh, Siemens technologies you know it it definitely uh, it it, al- it seems like it allows Siemens to address the entire uh, care chain uh, for for cancer treatment from from diagnosis through to you know post treatment. Um, so I appreciate you kind of taking us through through all of that. It, it really helps clarify the uh, the acquisition. No, my pleasure. Um, unfortunately, though, that is all the time we have for this episode of MedTech Matters. I'd certainly like to thank my my guest, Dr. Deepak Kuntia, uh, Chief Medical Officer and Senior VP of Medical Affairs at Varian. And as always, I'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. So until next time, this has been Sean Fenske, Editor-in-Chief of MPO, saying thanks for listening.